0: Welcome to another episode of the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and each week on this podcast, I talk to some of the most fascinating people on the planet in all areas of life, from mindset to fitness to spirituality, and of course, business. Look, I believe you deserve success in all the areas of your life, not only business. But before we get into today's show, you may want to join us on our next Work Hard, Play Hard experience. This year, we're gonna be going to Mykonos and Marrakesh. In these experiences, I have hand-selected a group of high-performing business people who are seeking more balance, connection, and they wanna celebrate their wins as a reward for the hard work that they put in. If you want someone to curate once-in-a-lifetime experiences and force you to play more, rush over to workhardplayhardexperience.com. Fill out an application so we can jump on a discovery call to see if this is a good fit for you. And remember, excuses are over, it's time to live.
1: To be a good influencer for me personally is honestly, you just gotta put your entire life out in the open. My feelings aren't gonna get hurt if I like put it out there and no one responds. It's just, this is who I am. So to be a good influencer, you just gotta actually show like your personality because if you're fake, then no one's gonna be able to connect to you. No one's gonna be able to relate to you. So I wanna be as relatable as possible. If you want to be like an actual influencer and have influence on people and connect with them and connect your heart with others, That's how it's truly going to work.
0: Work, work, work. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Work Hard, Play Hard Show. Today on the show, we have Sierra Dallas. Sierra is an enormous YouTube sensation, but that's not why I wanted her on the show today. I wanted her on the show to talk through some of the mechanics and some of the principles that she's used to have millions of followers. As we are all too well aware, the world of brick and mortar and in-person business is rapidly vanishing right before our eyes. In fact, I'm not even sure why we call it online business anymore because everything is online now. So it's very easy to screw up your personal brands and she has not in fact she has created a personal brand that is envied by millions she's managed to be 100 herself gain a tremendous audience for it and monetize it into a life that she absolutely loves there's a ton of takeaways in this episode you are going to freaking love it please enjoy this conversation with sierra Dallas. Sierra, welcome to the show.
1: Yes, thank you for having me. I'm so excited.
0: I am super excited to have you here because you have created a brand that if I'm doing my math right, 1.5 million people care about what you have to say. What in the world is going on with that? And why does everybody want to know everything that you're doing from vagina madness to... to your babies. We're going to dig into all of that and all of the magic that is Sierra Dallas. So thanks for taking the time to do this.
1: Yes. Thank you for having me. So yes, I actually just hit 1.5 million. The last time I saw you, I was at 1.4 and I was like, I'm about to hit 1.5 and I'm so, so excited. Finally.
0: It's (laughs) it's so crazy. I was at the beach the other day and uh, some, some kids stopped me when I was working out and he said, he was like, a, like an 18-year-old kid. And he said, uh, well, let's connect on Instagram. I was like, sure, I give him my phone. And I have 50,000 followers. He goes, whoa, you're famous. I go, <laughs> I'm famous? I know a girl, 1.5 million. She must be like on Super. Pluto, right? Right. All right, so I'm going to take you back. I'm going to yes. take you back down to the town of Chino, California. Do you remember that place?
1: I love Chino. My heart is truly always with Chino. The 909ers, we call us like the nine-ho-nines, even though we're not hoes or bros.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the nine-ho-nines. <That's> so <laughs> awesome. Or like the
1: nine-bro-nine, because it was just like truly one of those places where everyone's like all about dirt bikes, all about like the cows, Now, Chino is, like, completely different. It's all development houses. All the Amazons are there. Like, in the morning, passing by my mom's house, there's, like, 50 to 100 Amazon trucks. Chino is, like, totally different now.
0: Now, So that is the land of sort of Amazon and dairy farmers. Is that right?
1: Yeah, but now they're, like, completely taking out (laughs) all of the dairies. Like, there will eventually be zero dairies, which is, like, so sad. Like, Chino has... It's completely changed, but I don't live there anymore. My husband, he really wanted to stay in like the city that he's from, which is Rancho Cucamonga. And so I'm here now. All my friends are back in Chino and everyone drives out here, but they always complain like, oh, it's 30 minutes. I'm like, it's okay. You love me that much, though.
0: Have you ever seen the Californians on Saturday Night Live?
1: And No, I don't okay. watch that much TV.
0: You have to watch the Californians on Saturday Night Live because there's a skit where they basically make fun of Californians, but there's a skit where this guy named Stuart, girl comes in, Kristen Wiig, and she comes in she's she's like, Are you from Rancho Cucamonga? And so <laughs> no. as soon as you as soon as you said that, I just like immediately <laughs> thought of that. So I'll send you that clip.
1: Oh my gosh. Honest, I know. Uh, there's that show like Uh, like it was like an OC show when I was going to high school. I can't think of the name right now. It's going to drive me nuts. He goes, ew, you're from Chino. (laughs) And I die because everyone from that day on still gives me slack. Like, ew, you're from Chino. And I'm proud of it, honestly.
0: (laughs) It's awesome. It's probably the Hills or something like that, right?
1: No, it was like, I'm from Chino and it, they were talking about Chino.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, the The, the TV show was probably from the hill. No, it
1: was, it was the, it was like an OC one. It was, I think oh. it was like Seth. Do you okay. know that show?
0: I'm, yeah, I'm 54. You know I mean? Like, That's true. you know, That's come on, true. come on. How am like, I
1: can't even believe I'm drawing. Like, I just, I've never really watched a lot of TV. Like I'm such a reality junkie anyways. This is like an actual show.
0: It's going to, it's going to hit you. All right. So I want to talk to about your mom first. Your mom raised you and your brother um, as a single mom Mm -hmm. while she was juggling her job at a paper company. In what ways do you think your mom's work ethic influenced how you approach your work today?
1: So uh, my mom is my rock. Honestly, like I get emotional talking about my mom because she's so amazing. She worked her butt off from being a single parent. Like it's hard enough being a parent, but being a single mom with two kids, she just she just did everything for us. And honestly, like there's I learned so much from her. I learned that I want to be independent. I learned that I don't want to have I Never wanted the same life as her. Like, I really wanted to make sure that I would find my life partner, and I didn't want to make the same mistakes as her. Honestly, I wouldn't call it mistakes, that's probably not the right word, but in my mind, I just wanted to live a different life. And that's really, truly what she taught me was just like, love unconditionally and make sure you find like your person. And even if it doesn't work out, like, you can still create a huge life and a great life. And she She did that for us. Like we never were without, we just, we grew our house on love.
0: So do you think that she sort of inspired you to, because, you know, look, what we see on the internet is the result you like, you don't get to 1.5 million followers if you're not doing work. Like you don't like, you know, as pretty as you are and as bubbly as you are, there's work that is behind what you're doing. So that work ethic came from somewhere. You think it was, was mom, or do you think that you sort of have that?
1: No, for sure. My mom taught me like, you got to work hard for what you want. And she kind of, it's really funny. So my brother, is Cameron Dallas. He has like 20, I think it's like 23 plus million followers. And I feel like he worked hard, but growing up, I always worked harder. So I'm like, how did this work out? Like he, my mom did not put as much pressure on him as she did for me. Like I had to get up and I had to go to college. I had to work. My brother, on the other hand, didn't. So we have different work ethics, but yes, definitely. My mom instilled that in us. Like you have to work hard for what you want and just go for it without limits. You like the sky you could go to the freaking moon if you wanted, if you really, really, truly wanted to, like endless results.
0: You can do it. So you have a really interesting ethnic background. You are Scottish,
1: mm-hmm. Mexican, mm-hmm. and German. Yeah.
0: I mean, it almost sounds like the beginning of a joke. You know, a Scottish, and <laughs> Mexican, and a German walk into a bar. Do you know what I mean? Right? Like Hey and <laughs> <laughs> <These> <laughs> Those three things are so randomly put together but beautifully um, come together and create who you are. Which of these three cultures do you most feel that you identify with?
1: I would say more Hispanic. I definitely look more Hispanic. Um, It's my favorite kind of food. I, I feel like I just connect more with those. Um, but actually I got my ancestry.com like results back and it says I'm more like Caucasian and less Hispanic, which I thought was so bizarre, you know, just the way that I thought that I would like split up percentage wise, but I definitely feel like I connect more with like the Hispanic side of my family.
0: Isn't it crazy how I just got my 23 andme me, uh, last year and it is so bizarre at how it can get. And, and now I'm sure you're on. Did you do 23andMe? Is that what you said? 23 me? No,
1: I did Ancestry.
0: Ancestry. It's the same thing. <laughs> Are you getting updates where they're giving you updates on different things that they're finding out about you? Do you get that in the email?
1: I do. And it's actually really cool because I, I worked with them as one of the brands and I was so excited, like very passionate to find out about like my genealogy, like all of my family and stuff. And I fit like they went into depth of finding like my family, finding out where I'm really from, finding out birth certificates and all this stuff. So it was really, really interesting. They did a full report. So I still get emails and stuff, which is awesome. And it hundred percent connected me to my brother. So at at least we know I have, you know, hundred percent.
0: He's actually, he's actually for real. He's actually he's your for brother. Real. And okay, I was good.
1: actually a little worried that I was going to find a half-sibling out there somewhere. And I like dread that email, but I for sure think that one day that's going to happen to me.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. So right around uh, 2014, you decided that you wanted to enter uh, the world of Internet and social media. And you, you started through an app called Vine, which is, I believe, now defunct. Um, And you were posting, you know, videos and vlogs and things like that. What was it just as a high, on a high level, what was it that attracted you most to sort of like going all in on this?
1: So I had graduated college and at the time my brother had, he had just become an internet sensation, so much success. And I truly felt like, well, shoot, like if you're doing it, I can do it. And I started posting kind of like funny videos on Vine, like making fun, like, hi, I'm Cameron Dallas. And it sort of blew up. And then I thought, well, you know what? Let me start doing a little bit more beauty, started doing like more pranks on my family, my mom. uh, My husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, I would do pranks on him and it really just blew up. And then I transitioned to Instagram and Instagram is really, truly where I have like my biggest following and my biggest platform, which I'm super passionate about Instagram. And I'm so thankful for all of social media. And now I've been able to like, I've been able to like move my followers to all of my platforms, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, and it's generally around the same numbers, which is great. Yeah,
0: it's really interesting. You know, in the beginning, I'm sure it was difficult for you to to convince people that this was actually a real full-time job that you wanted to do. And now you're working with brands like Tampax and Herbal Essence, Verizon, Disney, Star Wars. I mean, you know, you've gone to Vietnam um, with Malibu rum. You've stayed in the the Frank Sinatra house at McDonald's, uh, at uh, with McDonald's at uh, Coachella. And you walked the Dolce & Gabbana fashion show in Italy. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not like you know, hey, I'll give you 50 bucks to make a post. You know, <laughs> what is the what is the playbook, you know, just sort of like in, a, in, in a, a gut reaction sense, what is the playbook for being, I don't know what else to call it, so I'm gonna call it an influencer. You can correct me if I got that wrong, but what's the playbook for being a good influencer?
1: To be a good influencer for me personally is honestly, you just gotta put your entire life out in the open. So for me, it just comes natural just because I'm more of like an open book type of person, the good, the bad, the ugly, my feelings aren't going to get hurt. If I like put it out there and no one responds, it's just, this is who I am. So to be a good influencer, you just got to actually show like your personality, because if you're fake, Then no one's gonna be able to connect to you. No one's gonna be able to relate to you. So I wanna be as relatable as possible. And as I transition from social media in 2014 to now 2020, like there's that's how I get so many more followers, is because through these stages and seasons of life, I've been able to connect with so many different people. Like now I'm a mom. So now I have mommy. Uh, followers. And so it's just like connecting and being real and truthful to yourself because at the end of the day, no one's going to want to follow a fake or a fraud.
0: And and why do you think it is that so many of us are over filtering and showing the highlight reel that we want people to see and hiding the very things that you are sharing?
1: (sighs) I, you know, Just for me personally, I have gone through so many struggles in life and I feel like at the end of the day, like you, it's not going to work out if you want to be famous. It's just not going to happen that way. If you want to be like an actual influencer and have influence on people and connect with them and connect your heart with others, that's how it's truly going to work.
0: Yeah. You know, there's a lot of different things that you talk about and you've posted before. And, you know, so much of it is just, it's amazing that you're willing to share it. Like pregnancy videos, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: cleaning with me, your birth story, wedding bells, vagina madness. Like that's crazy, right? What do you think it is about these topics that has created this sort of phenomenon that you're becoming now?
1: I'm real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every girl, especially. Okay. So when I first started out, so many people would say, like, you are the big sister I never had or the big sister I always wanted. And that's truly the way that I see it. Like when I talk, when I put stuff out there, it's more conversational. It's like telling people, like, hey, I'm a girl. I have periods, whether you use pads, tampons, this is how we do it, this is how we use it. And truthfully and just like connecting to them. I, and I, I, I show everything. Like I will like poop on camera because that's just like real life. I know it's a little like weird. I'm not like actually sitting there and it's coming out of me, but my husband will be in the room. And he's like, Sierra, like are you a girl? You need to back this up a little bit. (laughs) I burp like one of the trending topics on YouTube. If you type in Sierra Dallas, it literally is like Sierra Dallas, Sierra Dallas burps. I have like, I'm the queen of burping. It's just like, it's funny stuff that a lot of people would judge and I just throw it all out there and whoever accepts it or like whoever accepts it loves me for who I am.
0: Can you burp on command or is it, uh, do you have to be, uh, do you have to be physically, you, you know what I mean? Are, are you like one of those people that can just make a burp happen?
1: Um. So I can probably like burp my ABCs right now. It wouldn't be amazing. <laughs> but if I chug this water, I for sure could do like a huge belch and it's like, it's, it's really bad. I think that I'm honestly one of the best burpers out there in the world. Like I wish people would challenge me. I would actually go to great lengths and enter a contest because I'm so good at it. (laughs) Some people, oh my gosh, this is so funny. So there's been people out there to take a compilation of my burps and to make beats and put them into a song. It's hysterical.
0: Oh my God. I know. Right. So, um, there's enough burping out there. We'll save the burping for uh-huh. uh, YouTube because everybody, everybody can get access to that. Yes. You know, for, for those people now that are listening to you and they're like, yeah, you're right. I mean, I need to be more real and I, I need to, you know, take some of this advice and I want to grow my personal brand on social media platforms. Mm-hmm. What, techniques or approaches would you say other than being real have worked really well for you? In other words, maybe you can look at the question through the lens of what should people stop doing altogether?
1: Gosh, that's like a, that's such a hard question just because there's so many, there's so many influencers out there that are followed for different reasons. So for me personally,
0: gosh, let me think. So you words, want to you, know what other lo- people can do. Yeah, in other words, if you if you're looking and you see somebody and they're they're trying so hard, like you're like, I know this girl is like really, really doing everything she could to become an influencer. Yeah. But if she would just stop doing this, she'd have a much better shot. Like, what's the thing that goes through your minds when you're watching this and you're like, girl, that is all wrong. Don't do that.
1: There's a lot of people that are not authentic. um, And I think that a lot of Being an influencer definitely has to just do with like transparency and also being consistent. A lot of people aren't consistent. And um, like logistic wise, I think that a lot of people use too many hashtags, um, tagging too many people, and they're not staying true to like their core of, why people should follow. So I really think that everyone should have like a niche of some type of topic that they're passionate about. And whether that's like a family channel, that's a beauty channel, um, a lifestyle channel, or even cars, like stick to that one niche and just like, go for it and be unapologetic. Like if you're super passionate about it, then go all in. But if you're not, then that will translate to the followers and no one's really going to want to follow you. If you're just like super, super like posting everything, unless that's kind of like, like for me, example, I do, I have like family vlogs. I do beauty. I do cooking. I do it all. But that has always been like that. It started out as like being a sister and teaching people. And now it's trans, like translated into being a mom and like a family vlog it style channel.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. I weren't, I once heard um, Gary V talk about become initially known for one thing. Like mm-hmm. for him, he became initially known for wine and then he went everywhere. And Amazon, like we talked about earlier, they became known for books and then they, they transferred out to you know is known for like vulnerability right there's always right. like one thing that somebody's known for so you i think you answered the question i was just about to ask which was what were you originally known for and the answer was you were a big sister
1: i was i was definitely but, a big sister and then i i moved on to beauty and i moved on to um like thrifting i moved on to working out i have a workout channel called fit by sierra um, and then cooking So I've kind of tested it all, but I definitely think that my biggest passion for Instagram is like posting just my entire life and also doing like fitness. I definitely love posting fitness.
0: What's thrifting mean?
1: Thrifting. Oh, I like to go to the thrift store and like buy like cheaper stuff. And then I would do like a clothes haul or like find stuff for my house.
0: So when you're, when you're doing content, do you have it all prepared for you well in advance or is it, are you just at this point flying by the seat of your pants?
1: <laughs> so before having my daughter and before getting married, I definitely was more scheduled. I knew like on this day, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I had videos coming out and it was going to be on certain topics. And I put a lot more effort having a baby now, it kind of gets in the way of just like you know, I, I had a video that I was supposed to film, but I don't have a babysitter because of COVID. And so it doesn't really work out in my favor as much anymore. I tried to be consistent, but it's life hits you in weird ways, you know?
0: So. Has that? Do you think that that's affected you in any way? In other words, do you think that if you were as scheduled as you were in the beginning, that you would have grown even more than you have now? Or do you think that you were perhaps too scheduled back then, and it's unnecessary.
1: I definitely think that I could work on being a lot more consistent, a okay. hundred thousand okay. percent. That is my daily struggle. And I will be the first to tell you, like I will film a video and with every intention on editing it. And I just never get to it. And my husband's like, you have all this content that you could be posting online. And honestly, like as I'm filming I'm also editing. It's really bizarre. And if it doesn't translate, I'm like, okay, you know what? Let's just squash this entire video. We'll do it again a different day or we'll move on to the next one. And I never edit it. So of course, and I wish I had, I I wish I've, been able to find an editor that really like understands how my brain works and how I already edit my videos, because that's super important to find an editor who understands like your humor, because if they don't understand your humor or how you edit, then it's not really going to work because you have your own style. And if you're using someone else's style for editing, then it, it, it'll show you know, yeah, like,
0: you're, you are definitely known for being funny for sure. And you are funny. Where, where <laughs> does that funniness come from?
1: I don't know. My mom's not funny. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> is,
0: is your, is your, is your, um, you have one sibling. Is your brother funny?
1: Yeah, he is. Um, you know what? My mom has just always taught us to like be ourselves and we just always have joked. We've always played pranks growing up and that's just how it is. Like, we, yeah, we've just, we're always laughing. We're always making fun of ourselves. Cause if you can't at the end of the, of the day, make fun of yourself, then who are you really? Like that's who great. are you?
0: Yeah, that's great. Would you ever consider doing stand up
1: Oh no, I'm not that funny. Like,
0: no, I, I think, I think you could, I think, I think I really do think you could
1: oh uh, see my husband thinks that I'm not funny.
0: <laughs> no, you yeah. are. You, you have, um, you have a natural, uh, funniness. So that, that may be, uh, that may be Sierra 3.0. We'll have to see.
1: Right. So I think that if I ever did stand up, which I don't necessarily think I would be good at, I personally think that I would just make fun of myself or my family. And I would be like the Valley girl. Cause I have such a high pitch voice and I would be twirling my hair and be like that type of personality. Cause then that would translate as being funny. Anything else would not be funny.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about making money. Can you walk us through how monetization works? Maybe explain, are there certain benchmarks that people need to have to get the attention of advertisers, things like that?
1: Yeah, so making money off of social media has been a struggle. When I first started out, it was not really respectable. Honestly, no one knew what social media was. And at the time when I quit my job, which I was a very scheduled person. Like growing up, it was, you had to, once you finished high school, you had to go to college and then get a great job after that. I did all those things. So quitting my high paid job for literally nothing, no one was paying at that time. It was so hard. I had $0. Like I couldn't even pay my my college tuition, like my loans and everything. So at that time making money, you really had to get like a manager. You had to have someone pitching you and they weren't bringing in anything. And so I finally, when it started to get like a little bit more respected in the industry, I booked my first job of the year, which was a Taco Bell campaign And that was really when I was like, wow, like I can actually make money now. And I started making a little bit of money on YouTube with monetization. Honestly, YouTube has always been pennies. It's nothing like a brand deal. Um, now because social media is so big, that is the main source of marketing. So for me, I have a team, they're constantly pitching, whether it's, the brand looking for people, or if it's a product that I'm personally like loving or I feel passionate about, then we'll connect with those brands and see if, Hey, am I a good fit for them? Are, are they a good brand for myself? Because there's been a lot of brands that I have said no to because it, it didn't really go with, um, my beliefs and, you know, working with mcdonald's i'm like i love mcdonald's like that's a no-brainer but working with some other companies you just you got to be true to yourself it can't just be like a paycheck so really getting a team and establishing like brands that you would actually work with and um continue to work with is like on a relationship basis that's truly how you're gonna make the most money and you can do integrations like um a brand can say, hey, like we love your YouTube video. We love this one. Like you're clean with me. We want you to do like another clean with me. And can you put our cleaning product in there? So you're making money through monetization through YouTube and also with the brand deal. So there's different ways to make money.
0: So is Clean With Me the series that you do? Was it designed specifically to attract? I mean, obviously you're doing it because it's a fun, it's a fun bit to do, but is it is did you have advertising in mind when you created that series saying, Hey, Mr. Clean is probably going to want to do this with me.
1: Right. I actually just got my first cleaning deal, which was bounty. And that was my goal for 2020 was working with a cleaning product. And I never really intentionally went into like clean, uh, doing clean with me videos in the hopes that I would get a brand deal. But through these seasons of life, I have transitioned from, you know, doing beauty to now I'm a housewife. I'm a stay at home mom. This is my actual life. And it, people love these videos. They love to watch them. And honestly, like they're cathartic, like people actually like to watch them for Hours at a time, I couldn't believe it. And it's really funny because people ask me, "What am I posting my next clean with me?" I'm like, "Girlfriend, I haven't posted a clean with me because I haven't cleaned my house deep clean like that in a long time." It's great,
0: you got to you got to shoot a video to clean the toilet. I get it. I do. <laughs> it's funny um, when you do a deal with like um, Bounty. Do they set the price and then you um, negotiate, or? Is it more of a, you know, we'll do a test and we'll like, I guess, I guess there's two questions here. One question is how do you determine price? And the second question is how do they determine whether or not working with you actually made any difference to their bottom line?
1: So a lot of times the companies will have people on their radars. So whether it's people that they've worked with before or people that they've actually done their homework. And for example, Bounty, they probably have seen my account where I have clean with me videos and they probably thought like, Hey, you know, we need a mom on our campaign. So Sierra would be a great candidate. Let's see if she wants to work with us and they will, um, go to my team and my team will kind of like negotiate and see like what the deliverables are going to be and for what price they do it all. I'm not, I'm not really in that process. It's more of like, Hey, we have a great brand P and G like you've worked with them before with Packs and Herbal Essences. Bounty now wants to work with you because you have a great relationship with that company. Are you interested? And I would say, yes, I'm interested. I would love this. And that's pretty much how we move forward.
0: Are you getting pickier um, in terms of, hey, I want, I you know, now I've got this many viewers and I want this much to do it? Or are you just like grateful to have anything?
1: Um, so my team, uh, they're really good at negotiating and keeping the price. They pretty much know the price. And I feel like that's a known um, factor with other influencers. It really goes based off of views, impressions, and it's it's become more of a set price and the prices that all of the brands are pretty much paying are all generally around like the same price. Um, I will say the competition is definitely getting harder because there's a lot of people out there that have followers. There's a lot of people that do social media. So I am always grateful, first and foremost, for any brand deal. Uh, But like I said earlier, I will, if I don't feel that it, aligns with my brand and my personality and all of my accounts, then I definitely won't do it. Every company that I've worked with, I truly believe in that company.
0: You know, it makes so much more sense to have somebody you know who creates a video on vagina madness to to promote Tampax. Yeah. Like it never made sense to me why I'm wa- when I'm watching television at night and I see a Tampax commercial. I'm like why why do I have to watch this girl jumping through the tulips with her tampa? like it's so not targeted and mm-hmm. irrelevant to me. So I love the direction that we're going in. All right. Yeah. So and Tampax I has switch.
1: been a very, very great company to collab with, honestly. I, and I have worked with them several times. They even brought me to their headquarters and showed me behind the scenes of how Tampax became. And uh, P&G, they have a huge museum with all of their brands and it shows you where they started and how far they have come. So they're not just like saying, hey, here's a brand deal. Let's do it. No, they great. showed us the behind the scenes how tampax became why their product is better how the even just the simple packaging of a tampon they go to fashion week all around the world to find the perfect pattern for the tampon wrapping paper like that it's mind blowing like wow i had no idea and just to like have that type of relationship with these brands is so awesome and that's why like for p&g for example i love working with them. I also, on a side note with McDonald's, they are such a great company. When it came to my wedding, I had worked with them several times, like more than a handful of times. And I love working with them. Their team is awesome. I told them, I said, you know what, we've, we've collaborated so many times. Would you mind doing my late night bites at my wedding? And they were like, I would love, like, we would love to, they brought like a 50 foot truck and served Big Mac and fries because that's my favorite. They served Big Mac and fries to all of my guests at midnight once our wedding was over. They had never done that ever. And still to this day, I'm the only one. So like having a relationship with these brands is so, so awesome.
0: That's amazing. Really, really cool. Um, there's a guy I want you to follow. His name is Philip Pline. P-L-E-I-N. Have you ever heard that name?
1: I don't think so. Um,
0: He definitely falls into the category of what we're talking about, and you're going to find him fascinating. He has, I'm checking real quick, he has two and a half million followers. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that you'll find, because he is one of the best at branding I've ever seen, um, really interesting stuff. Um, Okay, we're going to switch gears a little bit, and I want to talk to you as we wrap um, about fulfillment in your life. So some of these questions are going to be weird, but- you know, you're kind of weird. So let's just go with it. Right.
1: Let's go. And you know, on the side note, I feel a little burp kind of brewing. So it might happen. I'm just saying, <laughs> are you, are
0: you, are you ready? To, are you ready to launch that baby now? or do you need, It's you... going
1: to come for sure. All right, so,
0: so when you need it, um, just feel free to just,
1: I'll just belch. Yeah. Just belch. <laughs> Your listeners are going to be like, this girl is super raunchy. <laughs> I don't is... know if I like it or not.
0: <laughs> no, but this is, this is definitely going to be the, my most fun interview today. Um, <laughs> What is on your nightstands?
1: Just like a lamp, book, and uh yeah, a couple books and flowers. Okay. I was gonna say in it, wink wink, or yeah. on it.
0: <laughs> okay. I, I didn't I did not think of that, and I started to blush as it came out of my mouth. So <laughs> so thank thank you for making the blush go more. Um, what does fulfillment look like for you at this stage of your life?
1: Fulfillment. <sighs> Like As in what fulfills like, my
0: heart, f- yeah, for you to like say like i am I am really fulfilled in my life right now, and you know obviously it's your daughter and it's your husband, yeah. but like like are you are you at a point in your life now where you're starting to realize things maybe a little bit differently, and what fulfillment means for you at this stage of your life is
1: yeah, so I've always equated like uh success as having like the best job, making the most money. And truthfully, now, after having both of those, I've taken a step back and I am loving being a stay-at-home mom. I never thought I could be a stay-at-home mom because I just have, like, my brain goes 100 miles per hour. I love the corporate world. So I never thought I could work from home and be a stay-at-home mom, but I, I love it. I'm able to be at home with my daughter every day and everything that she learns is because of me. And that is so fulfilling. Like just seeing mm-hmm. her go through these stages of learning how to walk, learning how to talk. And honestly, like just being a housewife, like I love it. It's the weirdest that. thing.
0: Well, it's, you know, sometimes you get in life what you need, not exactly what you want. So it sounds like, yeah. uh, it sounds like the universe provided for you there. I know. What's the one thing that you have not gotten to? in your life that if you don't get to this, you're gonna have massive regret.
1: So uh, I love working out. Uh, When I went to college, I, I gained like 30 pounds, like not freshman 15, it was freshman 30. And I lost it all, had a rockin' body. And I was like, you know what, I love fitness. Like fitness is definitely my passion. I hope one day, like I still have my fitness account. I hope one day that I will be able to be a little bit more consistent and eventually have like my own app and my own company continuing the Fit by Sierra.
0: Well, our uh, our mutual friends who connected us, Rebecca Louise, can probably yeah. tell you a thing or two about that. Yes. So I believe that people should do more of the things that they love and less of the things that they don't love. What are some things that you're currently doing that you don't love right now um, and you really would love to do less of?
1: Less of, ooh, that's a hard one. Uh. (laughs) You know, I, I don't love my work ethic right now. I wish I would stop getting in my head so much. I just feel like, I, I, I'm putting too much effort into like, I love being a stay-at-home mom. I think I'm, I'm not loving that I'm super comfortable with that. That's mm. what I don't love. I'm mm. super comfortable being a stay-at-home mom. And sometimes I tend to forget like, hey, you got to work too. And you got to continue to put out content for everyone. Cause I love being a stay-at-home mom, but without putting out content, there's no stay-at-home mom.
0: I, so I, I don't get like that. how I'm too comfortable. I get that. I moved to, um, to California, um, a year ago this week from Atlanta. I was in Atlanta for 25 years. One of the things, yeah. One of the things I did not prepare for when I moved here is how much I would not want to work because the weather Mm -hmm. is so beautiful. So it's like, I'm feeling a lot. It's like, all I want to do is just go like, I'm like, every time I go to the coffee shop, I'm like, does anybody work around here? Like everybody's in their pajamas. (laughs) Everybody's having coffee. And, but I get it. I get it. It's like so perfect weather. What do people often get wrong about you?
1: So I would say people who are close to me, you know, social media is a weird thing, right? So I might have 1.5 million followers on Instagram and other platforms and stuff. But the people closest to me who I thought would, encourage me, keep me going, push me to do more. They have in turn they have this idea that I'm like somewhat of a narcissist because all I do is post content on myself.
0: <clears throat> yeah. And so
1: that's been something that's been challenging for me is because I've I've learned to close myself off to the close the people who are closest to me because they have that views. Whereas like my followers, I'm so much more open and I connect more with them in a weird way. Social media has definitely changed like my outlook on life.
0: That is a really interesting approach. You're actually in some ways can be more connected or accepted with the audience than you could. And maybe even judged by people that are closer to you. That's a really, I got to think about that one. That was really, really good. Um, If you could spend one month anywhere in the world, where would it be and why?
1: I would go back to Antigua in the Dominican. Yeah, it was so beautiful. My husband and I, we loved it so much. Uh, The water was just so warm, just the atmosphere, all of the fun things that we did, all the bugging and everything. It it was fantastic. I would stay there my entire life if I could.
0: (laughs) Really interesting. All right, we're going to do a lightning round as we wrap. What would your friends say is your superpower?
1: Event planning.
0: Ooh. That is really interesting. You and I share that in common.
1: Oh, I love, I, I love planning parties. I plan my wedding. I plan every every single holiday I have. I have decor for every holiday. If you ever need goblets, I have 250 glass goblets. I have all of the chargers from my wedding. Like I love event planning.
0: Really in cool. college, that
1: was like one of the things that I studied my degrees in PR, but I did a lot of event planning.
0: Interesting. Um, I'm sure that skill set has translated to different areas of your life. Um, (laughs) What keeps you up at night?
1: Literally my daughter.
0: Mm. Do you collect anything or have you ever collected anything?
1: Honestly, my husband says I have no soul because he's been a collector of rocks, Whatever it was, like, he's always collected. Me, on the other hand, like, I've never really collected anything. I just don't really have an attachment to things. I'm like, I I give away everything. But if I had to choose one, I would say, like, shot glasses. We usually typically will buy a shot glass from every place that we've been.
0: What do people never ask you, but you wish they did?
1: I feel like I wish people asked me more how I'm doing, like, and really sincerely mean it. Not just a casual, like, hey, how are you doing? I, I've gone through a lot of things in my life and um, there's been family, you know, issues and stuff. And I just really wish that people would ask me more, like, how am I actually doing?
0: Mm, there's a big difference between, hey, how you doing? And how are you doing, really? Yeah, yeah. I get that. That's great. What is your guilty pleasure?
1: Chips and salsa.
0: Mm, that's that, that's that <laughs> Lat- Latina coming out.
1: <laughs> I can say coffee too.
0: (laughs) What is the one thing that you own and you probably should throw out, but you're just not going to do it?
1: I don't know. Shoes. I I don't really, I don't keep much. I really, truly don't.
0: You're literally you're. I'm. Um, we're very similar in that way. I don't have a lot of stuff. I, I, I'm constantly in trouble for throwing things out in my family. So I know um, I should.
1: You know what? I should probably get rid of all the clothes that I had like before having Capri. I like oddly want to keep them just so I can fit into them one day and say I did it.
0: <laughs> it. By the way, that's a great name for a baby. Have you ever been to Capri?
1: Yes, my husband it- and I. I actually found out I was pregnant in Italy
0: really interesting. We yeah, got, my uh, husband's
1: last name is Melosi. So we knew we wanted it to be like an Italian full name. So, uh, when we went to Capri, we got like a little baby bib, not knowing I was pregnant, not knowing that I would have a girl. And like three days later, I found out I was pregnant.
0: Amazing. We got married in Positano. Oh, uh, okay and we did our honeymoon in Capri. So we're in the process now. My, my, my uh, grandparents came over from uh, Naples. So we're in the process now of getting um, Italian citizenship so we can get an EU passport. So if your husband has any interest in doing it, I can help him go through that process. And you guys uh, can get an additional passport, which would allow you to you know, enter the, lit, country. En, en, enter the country and, and more than that, if you said, you know, I want to, I want to live in France for six months, you have an EU passport and you could do that. So it's a lot of, a uh, lot of advantages. Yeah. So, okay. Awesome. L- last question. We're going to change things up a little bit. What one question do you want to ask me?
1: What one question? So you're a girl dad.
0: I am a girl dad. I have two. I have a 22 year old and a f- uh, six year old.
1: Oh my gosh. That, that's such a white eight I know. Ridge. Oh man! So, being a girl dad, how do you navigate their lives into being the person, the best version of themselves?
0: I think it's I think it's two parts. I think you know it's it, it, part one is letting them. Let's see. I want to give you a, I want to give you a, a really honest answer here. You have to know your kid because if you have the kind of kid that wants to get away with murder and you let them get away with murder, you're not helping them in the world and they need to earn it. On the other hand, if you have a kid that is a hustler and you could just tell, I mean, they come out that way, then they're gonna need a little bit more love. So you have to sort of like know your kid and give your kid what your kid needs to survive because you could easily create a Paris Hilton if you're not careful, or, you know, you could create somebody that, you know, could never get daddy's love because it was not, there was not enough I can do to ever get his love. So that balance of, yeah. like, being able to, like, know what they need, there is not one answer. you got to know your kid and know what they need.
1: Parenting is tough. Everything that my mom has told me that I always got irritated about never made sense until I actually had my own child. And I never understood her love for us until I had my own child. I I could cry...
0: Oh, it's Any unbelievable. time of
1: the day thinking about my daughter, I just like, I would do anything for her and I just want the best for her. So I just, and I think to, in my head, like, that's why my mom never let me do this or X, Y, and Z. Like now I understand it.
0: <laughs> here's here's the, here's the advice I'm going to give you that you didn't ask for. And that the advice is everything you're doing right now is preparing you for when she turns 14. Oh. That's what you're doing. Between between like the ages of <laughs> between the ages of fourteen and eighteen, grab your ankles
1: because oh it's gosh. fucking
0: it's fucking hell. Like it is all like everything that you have stuffed in there. You hope and you pray that between four and fourteen and eighteen, it's stuck. They, they'll come back to you after eighteen, okay. but that for, but that fourteen to eighteen is so tough for girls. Boys, you could just smack them around like girls. Yeah. Girls are different. Like they're super, super emotional. And you know, you were a girl yourself. So you remember. I know. It.
1: And I understand that now. I understand why there was always a double standard, why my brother could do so much more, and I couldn't. I get it now. Uh, and the older child, I understand why the parents always put so much pressure on the oldest child, because I swear when I have baby number two, I'm gonna be like, you can do whatever. I don't care.
0: Oh, yeah, I know. I like, <laughs> I like when I see the, the parents with five kids and like in the first one, they were like holding the baby and putting in the cars. By the fifth one, they're like, get in the fucking car. <laughs> do you know I mean? <laughs> don't I need a <laughs> seatbelt?
1: minivan. Let's go.
0: Don't I need a buckle seatbelt, mommy? In. No, buckle yourself in. You don't need anything. Stop. I'm, let, we're going to go through <laughs> uh, McDonald's now. Ciara, this has been everything I hoped it would be. Uh, Do you have any final words, suggestions, or an ask for the people that are listening?
1: You know what? I'm just so thankful that you had me on your show today. I was super excited to do it, and I hope all of you guys loved this interview and want to follow me on Instagram. My handle is Sierra Dallas. I promise I'm not as gross as maybe this interview (laughs) makes me sound, but I just want to be as real as possible. And I, I love relating to everyone. And that's truly my passion. I'm so thankful for all the fans that follow have followed me throughout the years without every single follower, like I wouldn't be able to do any of the, I wouldn't have any of the opportunities that I've had and I wouldn't be able to stay at home with my daughter. So I just want to say thank you. Thanks, Sierra. Yes, thank you.
0: All right. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game